Lunch time. How do you back up a premiership? By going for the double, of course. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review W League Season Preview Special. We're here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network and looking forward to another season of action on the field. We have our three regulars, myself, James, joined as always by Scott and Adam, and we're also very happy to have our W League expert in, Angela, from the women's game. Angela, welcome. Hello, guys. How are you guys going? Angela, good to see you. Good to see you again, James, Adam, yeah. Angela. Yeah, no pressure calling you the expert or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to wave, but I'm like, no one can see me, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, the joys of an audio medium. <laughs> We've all done it, don't worry. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is our W League season preview special. We're going to be focused on the Raw women's team and some of the other W League sides going around as well. But we are the Brisbane Football Review, so we're going to start off talking about the Raw and what's been happening with them so far. So pre-season results, they won 2-0 over the gap and 4-0 over Lions FC. They are, as we mentioned, the defending premiers, having lost the semi-final to Melbourne City. They played 12-1-9, drew one and lost two. So I want to start off talking about just general expectations for the seasons uh, ahead. And Scott, we'll start off with you. Okay. I thought we'd go to the expert first. But... <laughs> yeah, but I also want to tell you to fix up your microphone oh, and put okay, it in front good. of your I, mouth. I had better fix that. No, I think it just um, expectations are the team... Did really well last season. It's a stronger group this year than it is before, so I think they'll be right up there again this year, challenging amongst the top couple of teams in the, in the competition. Adam? Oh, look, I think it's more of the same. I think um, you could debate whether they were lucky to be premiers, whether they got the draw to go their way, but I think certainly they've they seem they've, they've lost a bit, but they've also upgraded a bit. Some you know some really talented young players coming through, so you'd expect them to be right in it if all goes to plan. Angela. Um, having majority of their squad back surely helps. Um, having this defence line that only conceded 12 goals all season pretty much all back is just the luckiest thing that could possibly happen for Brisbane Raw this season. So I think expect- expectations are high, um, especially including the new international signings that they've also signed. Um, having four internationals is brilliant. They never really signed that many before. They're usually around three or two marks. So I think that's only going to benefit the side. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing that really did stand out is how stout they were defensively last year. I know we had a few questions about how they were set up, you know, with the likes of Mackenzie Arnold and whatnot, but they really stood up last year, and I think there's a lot to be excited about going forward. What does concern me, though, is where are they going to find the goals from? Because last year they kind of had to go to some of the auxiliary options going forward, and this year they've really addressed that uh, with signing of a couple of big-name attackers. Yeah, it's going to be quite interesting. Uh, when Raw announced their updated squad, they put um, Yuki um, back in the midfield. So I'm wondering what kind of position she will play there, whether it's attacking midfield position or whether it's a kind of um, right um, midfield or left mid position. Just really depends. But um, Chinonia, I'm not going to be able to pronounce her name. Thankfully, I'm not on the comms <laughs> I've been, team. I've been actually been looking at the screen, mate. Ubergagu, I think. Ubergagu, yeah. She's, that's that's that. going yeah. She's definitely she up works. front. She's definitely up front for the season, um, and we can get, we'll get in more into that. Who else is up mm-hmm. there? But that's definitely my concern. And also with Tamika Butt leaving the side, I don't really know who else is going to be that um, solid person alongside Katrina Gorey. Well, why don't we tu- why don't we touch on the departures now? We'll run through that list. So Tamika Butt, as you mentioned, Amy Chapman, Waikie Chung, Emily Gilnick, Aisha Nari, and Georgina Worth, who is listed as injured. 
Yeah, that's 309 games worth of players leaving. And 96 goals, the two top goal scorers for the Raw in the W League are both gone, Bart and Gielnik. And I think Bart is actually the highest scorer for the club, both men and women. So and that's, a lot, of, that's a lot of goals to lose. And a podcast guest as well. But that's a lot of goals to lose in a side. Luckily, they have brought some quality players in to replace that. But yeah. whether they deliver or not, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, they do. I think, I think that's the difference between success and, I guess... Um, I wouldn't say failure, but uh, you know, underperformance. I think it comes down to is, is goals. And um, like I said, you just can't as good as uh, Yuki Nagasato and uh, Chi Chioma Ubagagu. Ubagagu, thank you. Uh, as good as those two players can be, you can't. Yeah, it's it's very hard to say. You know, to replace uh, Tamika Butt and Emily Gilnick. So I think I think it all, their season may come down to that. But what they do have. To improve on though is the production of their out and out strike because they did sign Waiki Chung last year who came in with some expectation but I would say fell a little bit short of that you know not through this any is, lack of this is a better group part. of attacking players there's no doubt there's more depth in the front end for the quality so I think well there's a bit of a question mark of where the goals will come from there's more options you look at where you can see there's goals in those players than last year and also I think Alira Toby will obviously be better from from last season going forward as well so that you can also she she I think ended up being the golden boot um. I said, you can expect that you know she'll at least have some help rather than to do on her own. So, I think it's it. I think it all comes down to how well they replace Gilnick and Button. I do think that it's important to have a main striker or a main forward who can score goals. But with Raw, unlike a lot of the other sides in the competition, they can score from anywhere. The Claire Polkinghorne can score, Carson Pickett can score, Celeste Bruce, Kaylee Razzo when she gets back. I think that's kind of the danger that once they get that proper striker up front, one who does score those goals at. And their goals can come from anywhere, and that's going to be a problem for other teams. It is teams. a completely changed front third, though. The only players really bad. You've got um, Waikiki Chung's gone, Gielink's gone, um, Amy Chapman is gone, Hayley Razzo's out until at least Christmas, probably. That's a whole. That's four players in the front third last year who have either gone or won't be there at the start of the year. So it's a lot of. There is a lot of change there. So would you be at all surprised maybe if they got off to a little bit of a slow start? Possibly, but there's still quality players they've brought in there. That's the thing. So it's not like they haven't brought good players in to replace them. It's just they might take a little bit of time. All right, so we're going to run through the announced and kind of announced W League squad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There was a little bit of conjecture about the status of some of these. <coughs> and Okay, there we go. We just had a bit of an intruder walk in. That's okay. An audience, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to perform in front of an audience. <laughs> All right, so goalkeepers. Uh, Mackenzie Arnold is not officially on the squad, but maybe by the time you listen to this, because they're still tossing up the exact release date of the episode, but... It sounds like Mackenzie Arnold's going to be back and the presumptive number one goalkeeper, Angela. Yeah, um, she made an appearance at the Royal <laughs> Court um, launch the, um, on the previous weekend, depending when this gets released. So I suspect that she is um, coming back to the squad. She also did release it a few months ago that she wanted to return the squad on an Instagram story. So it's kind of no hidden secret anymore. They're just waiting for the release clause. Yeah, and she did have a couple of fantastic games because obviously... You know, he didn't get to watch every minute last season because of broadcasting, but that's that's a rant for another time. Uh, but yeah, she, I suppose, really stood up when need be. Oh, look, uh, it's just taken away to, you know, being she's probably the number two uh, Matilda's goalkeeper behind Lydia Williams. No, that was on the basis of a very, very strong season, plenty of clean sheets. So, yeah, look, um, you know, she, I said, her being back in the W League again next this season, if all being well, um, look, I think she, you expect her to continue that form, if especially with a trip to um, to France at the end of the line. Absolutely, and you know it's an old cliche, but you can't lose if you keep a clean sheet. So, 
That's she kept a fair few lives. Yeah. Well. I forget the exact number, but it was a fairly large number of clean sheets. So. And when they did concede, they didn't really concede a lot. Because I think we said it was, what, 12 goals all year yes, last year? Yeah, I think it was, four, it was four in one game. Um, thank you, Perth Glory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, so, yeah. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, when you turn <laughs> up, that's what happens. I was at more games than that. See, wasn't it three goals against Newcastle as well, up in Redcliffe? Was it no, was? that was... Uh, a few, wasn't it? Yeah, they did, they did concede a few up... Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, there was a surprise home loss. Yeah, yeah there was a home loss there. Um, Katie, Katie did that to us. Thank you, Katie and Emily <laughs> Van Ogmond for doing that. All right, so in front of the goalkeeper, there will be Summer O'Brien, Jenna McCormick, Carson Pickett, Claire Polkinghorne, Natalie Tatham, Caitlin Torpy, and Danny Ward. Now, we'll start off at the top. Claire Polkinghorne, deservedly, you know, the best defender in the league right now and looking forward to seeing her go around again. Yeah, obviously Claire wants to get to another World Cup. She didn't have the best World Cup in 2015 with that injury and being a bit out of favour in the squad. So I think she's really picked up a game to ensure that she gets on that flight and is the first choice central defender. I think Alana Kelly might dispute that claim, but she's from Sydney, so who cares? Yeah, this is a Brisbane <laughs> show, so we are going to be operating with orange-coloured gloss. Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, one of the new additions, Jenna McCormick. So she's signed through December before switching to AFLW. I've got to be honest... I'm not going to begrudge anyone trying to make a living, but I don't like that signing for someone that's going to be leaving halfway through. That's can I, just can I just provide the ultimate point of view to that? So it's, the Raw had the best backline in the in the league last season, and this is to me a luxury addition to it. If she can add something while she's here, then that's all the better. But even if is not even if she's not able to add much because of her departure in in late December, I still think it's a worthwhile addition. I don't see it's that big a problem because they do have a solid backline. This is just. A nice addition on top of that. Personally, I'd be running her into the ground for the first few months then. <laughs> it is interesting, though, because you play Jenner and then leave, say, Summer O'Brien out, and then what happens when you have to bring Summer back in? Is is, her, is she sharp enough to come back in? Is she just grundled from being left out? It's a very interesting situation. I'm, pro- I'm probably... My my thoughts on the uh, Jenner McCormick side, I'm probably, probably in the middle where you guys are. I, I agree with James on one part, though. Why, like, it's almost like, why are we providing you know, her with a platform to go play football for half-time and then her coming to AFL, which is obviously that. But with that said, she is a quality player and if she can, you can get something out of her. Um, we know we know, for, we know that, you know, that Caitlin Torpy will be missing for one or two games because of international due, as announced um, earlier, I think it was today or yesterday it was actually, yep. depending when you listen to it. Um, yeah, Tuesday. Um, so I'm sort of in the middle. Of, I'm like it's it's a weird signing. So it can go very very well, or it could go very very wrong, and it could it could you know, affect the balance of the yeah. squad. But look, I think at the moment, jury's out. Let's see what happens, and you know, you live and learn from it. Something we're going to have to accept in women's sport at the moment. Yeah, the way, never, the way yeah. the landscape is, there's a, there's a lot of multi-sport athletes out there. And I suppose if you are looking for the counterpoint mm-hmm. to that, is you know what's the difference between her leaving mid-season and someone getting injured mid-season and being yes. ruled out? And at least this way you can plan for yeah. it. I just, yeah. I, I'd much rather see them signing someone who can commit to the whole year. Yeah. I guess it's the same as like having a guest player like yeah. Melbourne um, City do with um, Geordie Taylor. It, the, it's it's pretty much the same thing. She's only going to be here for a number of games, and then she's going to leave. What's going to happen to the, a club when one player leaves? That's probably going to be their main goal scorer. Yeah. So I guess it's the kind of situation that I think with um, Torby um, going because of um, Asian Championships, World Cup qualifiers for the Young Matildas. I think that's. Janice is going to be an added addition to bolstering that side when she's away because that's the position she plays. Yeah. The Raw do have a lot of depth defensively as well. So even when Jenna does leave, there's a stack of options there. 
Well, just looking even at, if injuries do occur after that point. Yeah, just looking at the numbers, like they've got seven defenders, yeah. so I'm sure they'll find a way to do a job. And the one thing that I did notice last year was there was a lot of versatility in the players that even weren't listed as defenders and being able to cover. Back. Yeah, that's it's pretty much become a a thing in women's football that you have to be able to play anywhere in any position. It's the same thing that we see at the Matildas when players are playing in a, a striker position that are going back because that's where they used to play. <laughs> it's the same with Caitlin Torby. Torby used to be a striker, but she came back as a um, defender. So I think it's just part of the thing. Even Claire Pokingon had to play in um, middle um, uh, midfield position while she was over in the US. So I think it's just the versatility of being in women's football that we rarely see in men's. Yeah, and it's actually, I actually don't mind seeing yeah. that versatility because more you can do. You just mentioned Hayley Razzo's played right back as well for the Raw mm-hmm. yeah. in the yes. past as well, so there's another one. All right, so we're going to move on to the midfielders. Celeste Barrier, Leah Davidson, Katrina Gori, Yuki Nagasato. And first question we put down is, how do they replace Tamika Butt? Well, that, we've already touched on that. I touched on that earlier. It's interesting because Nagasato might be the option, but if it's not, I don't know who it is because Leah Davidson's a young player. You wouldn't have thought you'd throw her straight into that sort of pressure to replace a legend like that. So it's very interesting. I think the one way they will replace is Katrina Gori will take more responsibility in terms of creativity this year. Yeah. Even more than she already has. I think looking for a big year from Katrina to help cover with Tamika's departure. I think that's always been the plan. When I've spoken to him on previous seasons, it's always been that plan that Katrina needs to play forward instead of always playing too far (laughs) back. And it's always been a problem with the having Tamika and Katrina in the middle. Tamika would go forward more, Katrina would cover the back, so Katrina yep. couldn't be as creative. I do prefer Katrina up forward because she's more creative when she's on the ball and outside the box. If she gets the ball, yep. she's going to shoot and she will likely score, and that's yeah. a big thing. So I think that she might take a chance up there and maybe Leah Davidson might play a bit of a... And Celeste Brewer might play a bit of a holding midfield position. And maybe Yuki or Leah on the yeah. sides. I think that's the only way it's going to work. I was a big fan of uh, Celeste last year. I really enjoyed watching her play. I do quite like that defensive midfield role and think, you know, I'm backing another big season for her. The Raw Player of the Year as well. Rightfully so. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to the forwards now. So you've got Abby Lloyd, Holly Palmer, Hayley Raso, Alira Toby, Chioma Ubugagu. <laughs> I'm get, we will get, get this we'll by get we there, will yeah. February when the season's promise, over. Yep. Yeah, how long did it take me to get Nathan Constantopoulos down? You're still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we've got, as we mentioned in the introduction, there are a lot more goal-scoring options this season. So question is, how do you fit all of these attacking options into one team, Adam? I think it comes down to form. If you're scoring goals, you're in. If you're not... Move side, yeah. I think <laughs> I, I think it's got to be that. Me- I think it's got to be that mentality that you know, like at the end of the day, it's it's a, it's about scoring goals, and you need to be need to be informed. Oh, I know I'm probably just being a little bit cynical with this, but we've seen a lot of Alira Toby in the preseason marketing campaign. So can we expect a big season from her? I think we can. I think Lyra has been there now for two, three seasons. If my brain is just boggled at the moment from everything that's <laughs> having a freezing. <laughs> and I've been awake since 6am. It's a very long time for me. Sorry for people yeah. who have to work. I don't get up that time. <laughs> it's, I think if, if the option is you've got to have someone in the middle who can score it. I think Alira might be able to do that. If you feed her the correct balls, I think she will get on the end of them. Yep. And we did see that in that Sydney FC game the very first round last year, that she can get on the end of those balls and knows what to do. It's just the people swinging them in. The, need g- to get the, goal, right. the, the goal against Melbourne City at Suncorp, yeah. the one yeah, I remember, too. the um, Polkhorn through ball. Yeah. That, that was that the was one. Awesome. Yeah. Pace up front is always a dangerous weapon, yeah. and Lyra's certainly got plenty of that. She mm. knows how to get into space, and I think that's important. I think as long as someone can feed her the ball... I think she'll be able to score. 
I think Ubergargo will be through the middle with Lloyd and probably Razzo when she gets back out wide, which maybe opens a space for Toby out wide to start with, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, that's It'll a... depend where Nagasato plays, though. That's really the question mark. If she's in the front third, then that changes it again, yeah. Could even be a bit of that free free range role, just going, all right, you do what you need to do around you. <laughs> yeah. Well, because if, if you've got your best players, yeah. again, kind of like what we saw with Thomas Broich, where, yes, he was the left wing, but he did have the freedom to go and do what he wanted. Yeah. So. Yeah. We should mention that it's a Japanese World Cup winning player as well. It's a high, highly credential player. So, yeah. Oh, she's a highly credential player, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course, as we mentioned, yeah, Haley Rasso is probably going to be out for a little while with a back injury. So, obviously, we wanted to get healthy soon, but yep. the fact that she's still able to play is impressive in its own right. Yeah, hearing what happened in the NWSL in that game and how she had no um, immediate care, like say Luke Braddon did when we had that when the game was the Dolphins or FFA Cup, she was pretty much just lifted off the field and taken into there with no precautions. It's amazing nothing more serious happened, and I feel extremely sorry for Haley being a paramedic as a trainee paramedic too, and knowing what was yeah. going on and saying that this was the wrong way to go about it. Yeah, but. You know, hopefully when she gets back, she'll be able to contribute the way we expect her to. But for the time being, just focus on the health. It's a terrible it's... bad luck with injuries as well. Yeah. Had knee injuries as well in the past. So. I tell you what, but when she does come back and, and if she's back to what we know, like so that's a that's a welcome addition to have. You know, in that in that drive towards um, finals. So you know, let's hope that she does get back to to what we know at her best. That's it. And obviously the final piece of the puzzle that we know of at the moment is the coach Mel Andretta. So this is her third season as coach. 13 wins, 2 draws, and 10 losses. Quick you know, examination of that record shows that she'll go for a result, one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that the 10 losses don't really reflect well, considering that was a season pretty much where she came in and didn't yeah. have much time to work yeah. with, the co- with the team. But the win, the, she knows what to do. She's been working with women's football for a while. She's been working with the whole entire overall and the youth players for like the last five seasons. So I think she is... a going to be continuing that and bringing through the youth players this season and giving them a right go. Well, that was one thing that I did quite enjoy seeing last year was the fact that, you know, the signing of Waikiki Chung didn't really go to plan, so she found a way to coach around it. And that's what you really want from a coach, is that flexibility. I think last year is more indicative of her coaching ability than the first year. When she got the team on the park that she wanted, they performed for her in a very entertaining manner. And you're right, was able to coach around things that if plan A didn't work, she had plans in place to cover for that. So you're right. Yeah, look, um, I think there's there's no real dispute on you know that she she's probably for this this group she's probably the best coach you know going forward you know and look potentially you know you know looking beyond you know maybe sort of you know a future Matilda's coach who yeah. knows well I can't argue against her being you know an eventual successor mm-hmm. if that was to be yeah. where it's been but I think what we're seeing right now is just the fact that like they've got a coach that they're really confident in and that. If I'm correct, Angela, she's working year-round with the raw NTC side as well. So she's yeah. got that full-time investment in it as well. Yeah, she works full-time with like the likes of Abby, um, like Abby Loy, Lyra Toby, Summer O'Brien during the off-season when raw women play their mid-season, mid- mid-week games against the boys' NPL teams. I think it only benefits getting to know a coach that well, getting to know your players inside and out and knowing their abilities. I was to say, it's good to see there's a number of players from that NTC side stepping up into this team this year, rewarded for a very strong season Absolutely. in the local yeah. competition. Absolutely. So there's a lot to be excited about with the Raw W League side this season. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the competition in the W League. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. 
MLW League Season Preview Special. It is James, Scott, Adam and Angela with you. Uh, before we get into that, we're going to do a couple of plugs. Uh, you can listen to the show on Wooshka, iTunes, Radio Public, TuneIn and something else which I'm actually forgetting because I didn't write it down. Stitcher or something? Stitcher, Stitcher that's it. Thank that's you. Something like that. Uh, yeah, contact Facebook, uh, Raw Review, Twitter, at BNE Football. Email is brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. You can email in any questions, comments. Criticism of James. <laughs> <laughs> no, I delete all of those. <laughs> and Angela, would give a quick plug for your site too. So you can find the women's game, just the women's game on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you go to the website, you can figure out how to email us because I'm not sure which email it goes to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. Just out of curiosity, obviously you took over from Anne... Do you still have access to her email in case anyone tries to contact her through there? No. <laughs> oh, state, so don't state email there. there. <laughs> it's been a few months, so yeah. I hope no one's tried that. But, yeah. Well, we all know people, so... <laughs> exactly. All right, so we're going to move on to the competition in the W League this season, and we're going to run through each team in, I'm assuming, alphabetical order, Scott? Yeah. Yep, perfect. Um... So, yeah, we're going to run through the competition. You can mix it up if you'd like. No, I'm just going to run Burgundy this. All right, so uh, start off with Adelaide United. Last season, they finished ninth, and they've made a few changes to their squad, uh, one of which is Jenna McCormack, who's out. I feel like we talked about her in the last segment, am I right? We might have talked about (laughs) Jenna. All right, so, Angela, talk about some of the uh, key ins for Adelaide United. Well, I would like to pronounce their Icelandic names, but that's just... Nice dodge, James. I would say... So, Gunny and Franz, they're from Iceland. That's their nicknames. I'm not going to try and pronounce their full names. I've been to Iceland and that's not going to happen. The one that jumped out at me actually was Michelle Heyman. <laughs> um, yeah, Michelle Heyman's in. She's moved from Canberra um, down to Adelaide. It's a great in for Adelaide who needs some strikers, but they've also got some... A decent um, defensive line with Gunny there and Franz. They also had an Americ- two Americans. And Amber Brooks is not in there. It's <coughs> okay. Um, it's not on Wikipedia. It didn't exist, Angel. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, I'm going to have a go. Gunhilde Jonostri. I don't know if that's right. Oh. You know, no one can prove it's wrong. So. <laughs> yeah. that's, wrong. that's what I gave out the email yeah. for, so that the Icelandic listeners to this show can <laughs> send in the abuse there. Um, and Veronica, um, also from Houston Dash. I think that's some good um, signings from Adelaide, but it's kind of a bit all over the place, if I'm being quite yeah. honest. They haven't really signed anyone to the positions that they really needed to fill for this upcoming season, particularly yeah. in the back line and another um, attacker up front yeah. after losing a few of their players yeah. from last season, including yeah. like Alex Chidiak, yeah. who they really need to who yeah. needed they, they needed to replace. So that's the big problem for Adelaide. The ins are fine, but they've lost their two Ooh. Matildas players with Alex Chidiak and Eliza Campbell, which that's tough to overcome. All right, so we'll try and keep these team previews quick because we do have yeah. eight to get through. So quite simply, net gain, net loss, or breaking even? I would, at best, they're breaking even. Uh, yeah, no, I think they're going to struggle this season. I think, I think by the time they get it all together, it might be too late. Agree. It, they've got some fabulous players, but I don't know if they're going to get it in t- together in time. Fair enough. All right, we're going to move on to Canberra United. Last season, uh, they finished fifth in the league, so a little bit below where the club might be expecting themselves to be, but they've had a bit of a squad overhaul. Just a quick... Just uh, a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit, yeah. Uh, is anyone left? The, na- the, jump at- the name that jumps out from their ins is Megan McElliott. Yeah, hopefully she goes really well down there. I'll- the top goal scorer, or equal top goal scorer, I think it was in the MPLW up here in Queensland. Been looking for a chance for a while. I hope she goes well down there and takes it because it'd be a great story for her if she can. And with the aforementioned departure of Michelle Heyman, there will be an opportunity for her to 
get some minutes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing if Megan gets a start, to be honest. Um, my only concern is that the jump from W League, from MPL in Queensland to W League is very massive, and yep. we've seen that before with a few when players come in from Brisbane Roar to take the step up to W League. So I think that's my only concern, seeing how that goes. Also, there's the other concerns around Canberra, the culture of the club now, having lost some of their long-term players, including Ashley Sykes, Grace Mayer, Hayley Kotmai, Amy Sayer. Caitlin uh, Munoz as well. Yeah, and uh, Michelle Heyman also. It, it's yeah. it's a lot to... I think Caitlin Munoz, yeah. yeah, it's a lot mm. to lose. Um, that's the core of the side which won the league a couple of years ago. For <coughs> years, isn't it? And that's a... It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I don't think many punters are giving them um, a great hope of making the top four, but I'm hoping that um, Heather can prove someone wrong to see how they go. Well, it might be a case mm. of uh, the sum of the parts... Uh, or the whole... Being greater than the sum of the parts. I don't know. I, <laughs> that, that, that sounds right. That sounds right. Close yeah. enough. Close enough. <laughs> we're going to move on to the big spending Melbourne City, and I think that's a polite term to describe that club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last season, fourth in the W League, and they won the grand final against Sydney FC, beating Brisbane Roar in the semi-final in the process, yeah. and that day out at Perry Park. Yes, where Jess Fishlock really turned it on. And luckily for the rest of the competition, she's not there this year to save them if they get off to a struggling start, because a terrific player. But you have to say, what, four seasons, four championships here. But they That's do a terrific record. Also have uh, the Tamika Butt trotting the well-worn path from Brisbane down to Melbourne. So how are we expecting her to go this season in a new club? Oh, no doubt she'll go extremely well down there as a good, one of the top players in the competition. Joined by another former Raw player, Elise Kellen Knight, returning from Europe after a few seasons. Look, they've, they've strengthened really well. That's a superb team on paper. Um, I think they've recruited really well, but the loss of Jess Fishlock might be a bit too much. She's really the one that gets the team motivated in situations. She's that um, kind of that assistant coach that's kind of there, even though she's not the assistant coach. <laughs> but she really gets the players around her to do what she wants to do, and she's the saviour of that yeah. club when they're doing poorly. Um, I hate saying that, yeah. but... Poorly by their very, very high standards. Yeah, and I... Th- just think that's going to be really hard to replace. She's a bit of that Hail Mary type of player where you need something to happen, you just go to her. Yeah. yeah. Well, I actually think where um, where this could get interesting for Melbourne City is uh, is their coach, you know, Rado Vizic. That in, you know, yeah, I've co- heard that name before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so look, uh, on, on paper, you'd think Melbourne City will go well, but um, yeah, again, if they put, if they don't put together, like, so you don't, they don't have the, the Welsh Wizard to, to bail them out, um, yeah, it could be it could be interesting uh, times for them, but um, look, they're three time champions. You can't you can't dismiss them so easily. It's just a big year for Rado Vizic, actually. He's had a couple of chances in the professional game now, men's and women's. This might be his last opportunity to get it right, and he's got a tremendous team here. He should be minimum top four at least. And we can't group. guarantee he's not going to sign Dario. Well, <laughs> he's already at the club technically, so <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help but get that one in. All right, moving on to Melbourne Victory. Last season, they finished seventh. Uh, in they've announced Emily Gilnick, Grace Ma, Alia Mastrantonio, Remy Simpson. Try. Close. Yep. <laughs> Mastrantonio. Um, Closer. Um, yeah. Danny Weatherholt. And out is Gulkan Kosa. It's the only one on Wikipedia. I assume there's more. There's yeah. um, a few more ins, um, including Christine Narin, from, also from um, Orlando Pride. That's, yeah, right. that's right, they announced that in the last 24 hours yeah, or so. two players from Orlando yeah. Pride. I wonder where they got that idea from. Yeah, that... And <laughs> I, I they think, really can't help themselves, can they? <laughs> no. They've made some great additions to decide once again, um, but 
And I, I think having Emily Gilmanick putting in the crosses to Natasha Dowie is going to be fantastic mm-hmm. to see. It's just if they can get that working all together quick enough. I think there's goals in that team. I just wonder if oh, they can keep them out the there's, back. There's a lot of goals in that team. So you got, you got Emily Gilnick, you had Natasha Dowie and um, Remy Simerson. That is going to be... That, that could be fun watching them play. You have, you have Kyra Toomey-Cross um, Kyra Toomey cross, oh, Kyra yeah. Natasha Dowie in the middle. Yeah. I think, yeah, that they have the forward working. If they can actually get them to work all together as a team, score goals, get the defence in line. We obviously know that the goalkeeper is Casey Dumont. She's been there for yeah. a few seasons. Yeah. She's a veteran of the game. Another former Raw player. Yeah, another former Raw player. <laughs> I don't think they're going to have any problems just getting it together on time, and that's yeah. the problem. It's also year two of Jeff Hopkins, who's been a terrific coach in the W League in the past, so they'll probably take a step forward this year. Another Raw. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of former Raw, <laughs> they really do just make it too easy sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually just trying to uh, look up when the Raw play Melbourne victory because I feel like that's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, be, I think it's at Lions in uh, in December, I believe. If I remember the draw. Well, good because we have like it's we haven't Lions, spent enough so. time at Lions lately, so we need to go back. There. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to Newcastle Jets, third in the W League. They lost the semi final to Sydney FC in Larissa Crummer and Taylor Smith. Smith. Thinking for Smith. Smith. There's a H missing. Is there? Well, Sorry, again, apologies. I, I'm Ron Burgundy. In this, so <laughs> <laughs> if it's if it's on the run sheet, that's what I'm reading. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we expecting from this? So Angela, we'll start off with you. They pretty much retained majority of their yeah. players from last season. They've lost um, Nicola and, um, and Natasha, which is going to be hard. And also um, Arian Gilead. And, and thank and goodness from a raw perspective because she killed the raw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's hard for them losing those players. It was unfortunate they had no. Um, they had no choice to lose them. Injury and um, Marianne's getting married, so can't miss that. Uh, but I think they've had a good addition not. of Larissa well, Carmen to the side. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and Larissa Carmen and Taylor Smith are going to be a great addition to the side. I think having a majority of the squad back once again, like Roy, is only going to benefit them. Emily Van Negbond is the key to this uh, for Jets. I think she plays well, they play well. I think it's simple as that. Don't want to be too high. So I think they overachieved last year to make finals. Be interesting to see how they go. Crummer, at, I think, going to hit centre back this year, which will be very interesting. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be the experiment of the season. I don't think she'll play centre-back to start off with. I think she might play it right, and then she'll move into the centres once she gets a bit more confidence. Just going back quickly, I did look it up. Brisbane Raw, Melbourne Victory, Sunday 16th of December, 3 o'clock at Lions FC. So. Oh, is Victory called a scouting mission? <laughs> 16th of December? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Just checking your, your dates. Works for you, does it? Yeah, I'm going on holiday, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, if any if anyone who works with Angela is listening, that's going to be your job to come yeah. back. <laughs> oh, no, I'll be here for that one. It's, I, I just got the dates mixed up. <laughs> November and December are very confusing months. <laughs> they all kind of blend into one. Yeah. All right, Newcastle. We have Newcastle. We just, we just did, did Newcastle, Newcastle, yes. Perth. Okay, Perth. <laughs> Last season, sixth in W League, despite having the greatest striker who ever lived, apparently, in Sam Kerr. Mm-hmm. So are we expecting any improvement from them this year? Adam, we'll lead off with you. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, it's, you had that look like you were ready to tee off. No, no, no. I was going to say, it's same, pretty much the same um, as I think with Newcastle. Sam Kerr fires. Perth fires. Uh, Rachel Hill's back, which is good as far as scoring goals. Um, a couple of young, good young players coming through. Um, Eliza Campbell so over there. So, look, I think they'll go all right. If, uh, but I think it all surrounds the marquee, I think. You say it also comes to the home form. They won two out of six at home last year. That's not going to get it done. They were at the top of the table at Christmas and then lost mm. a bunch of home games at the end. If they can win their home games, I think they'll be up. So they'll positioning be... for every game at home then? Well, according to you, they play at home every game anyway. So, 
I, mean, I just think if they can get the home form right, they can take a step forward again. But Adam's right, a lot of it comes down to Sam Kerr and also Rachel Hill as a foil for Sam as well. And that's also as well. It's like uh, Rachel Hill had, a, you know, she got an absolute flyer, put, you know, scored a hat trick here at Suncorp early the season, last season, but then sort of her form sort of fell away a little bit. And I think so did Perth. Yeah, um, I think the problem with them was their defensive line. They conceded some of the most goals in the league out of all the teams, including the last two teams nearly. So I think having the addition of Katie Norton in the back line will really help them. I do think there's going to be an issue with the lack of depth in the side. They have a lot of young players who have never played professional football before, and I think that might hinder them depending on where they position, obviously, and a lot of the back line in the middle. So the middle is always the conjunction between the two, so that could be interesting. You mentioned goals too. They did concede the equal most last season, so... Mm-hmm. That's something else I have to work on. There we go. All right, on to Sydney FC. Uh, last season, second, lost the grand final. I know a lot of people were expecting them to be title contenders last year, but... Sorry. Didn't did win any trophies <laughs> thanks to the roar in Melbourne City. <coughs> so, we're going to... Uh, I suppose, is this year that they break through, Scott? Well, they started off really slowly last year and came home strong. So, I think they'll continue on with that. They've added Alana Kennedy, which is a tremendous addition for them. Strengthening that back line even further, throw another Matilda in there to that mix. I think they've probably got the most of any club. I think they're, they've got a really strong team, a settled team. I think they're going to be very strong this year, Sydney FC, unfortunately. I think, yes, yeah, Sydney FC are favourites for the Premiership and even the Championship. Um, the addition of the two internationals. They never signed four internationals before, so that's a miracle. They've signed this many internationals. So, Danielle Calperio from Adelaide? Calaprico? I'm glad yeah. I'm not on the comms team. And <laughs> Sophia Herta. Herta? Sophia Herta. I don't speak. Alana yeah. Kennedy. That one I know. Alana Kennedy. <laughs> and Amy Say. I think those are all good additions to the yep. side. I think it's only going to strengthen them. They, they did lose some really um, experienced players. Leanna Carmes, Sean Carmes, Carly Ledbrook. Um, Georgia Yamandale, who's quite young but still there, but they did lose a lot of the key players who've been there for so long. They're so kind of managed out, so aren't they? Really, given what they've brought in, though. Yeah, I think it's, it, it, I think it kind of it doesn't equal out. It kind of is it out in ways. Yeah, that's what Level- yeah. <laughs> it outweighs what they are. It, 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 they what they brought in will fix what they have, and I think it's just going to be pretty hard to beat them. They just need a good a good start to the season. But I have a feeling they're going to do a little bit better than their crosstown rivals, the Western Sydney Wanderers, who did, of course, finish eighth last year. How is that for a professional segue, by the way? <laughs> Very good. You learned something last week in Melbourne, did you? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what happened being with a real co-host. Thank you. <laughs> I said that looking at Scott and Adam. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, they've announced... What seems like a pretty full squad so far, they've got Elizabeth Addo, Caitlin Cooper, Leah Carmus, Kylie Ledbrook, Courtney Nevin. You could have said they signed Sydney FC because that's pretty much what they did. Yeah, they pretty much signed Sydney yeah. FC. I, know, I was, just I was thinking, going to ask you, did you just yeah. cut and paste that? <laughs> Close to, yes. <laughs> and it pretty much just comes from having their coach who was a former Sydney FC coach. So he's going to bring a lot of those players over. I think the key to any club, especially Western Sydney, is signing those key internationals and... I don't think they can really go wrong with what they've done. It's just, once again, making sure they can all be together because there's a lot of players that haven't played together. Yep. Fair enough. All right, well, that's our wrap-up of the competition for the W League season preview. We'll be back and talk about the league just after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. We're back for the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review W League season preview. It's James Scott, Adam and Angela here. And we're going to wrap up with, I suppose, predictions and just a little bit of general league chat. So we're going to start off 
Talking about, I suppose, later season start. So it's coming around a little bit later. Uh, week two of the A-League season as well. And I know the Raw obviously have their opening game as part of the doubleheader against the Who Cares Phoenix. I mean, Wellington <laughs> Phoenix. Soon uh, to be someone else Phoenix. Yeah, the Southwest Sydney Phoenix, maybe. Either way, the W-League side are taking on Perth Glory, I believe, in their first home game. Yeah, it's kind of a repeat of the... <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure the, the, the that, opening home game last year was yeah. against Perth. And I'm pretty sure the on the same game. weekend as well. Yeah, which mm. is kind of a coincidence. Pretty sure they did not plan that, but... Are you telling me just copy and paste the draw from last year, is that what you're suggesting? Usually, sometimes they might. <laughs> That's what it feels like. But, yeah, opening against Perth. We got to Raw have to get off to a good start against Perth. Perth are going to come out striking. Sam Kerr is going to be the player that they're going to feed the ball to as well as Rachel Hill. So well, for I think what if, they're paying it, they'd better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think if Raw can get a few goals in, stop Kerr, which shouldn't be too hard after their lessons learned from last season. Uh, they've got Claire Polking on; they'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, I just, think we did pretty well. Just remember, there's other players on the field other than Sam Kerr, and they should be fine. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Speaking of the scheduling, though, there's one thing I want to touch on now. That, so they've announced that the Roar are going to be splitting their home games between three venues. Obviously, they've got Suncorp Stadium for a couple of doubleheaders. I think it's three games at Lion Stadium out at Richlands and mm-hmm. one out at AJ Kelly Park. No, it's a no. Dolphin. Dolphin. Actually, a Dolphin. Dolphin on, on a th- Thursday afternoon. <laughs> it's the last working day of the year, James, as well. So it's going to be a gridlock getting up there. For you, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's going to be fun. I might leave at 10am that day to make sure I get there. <laughs> well, I had a bit of trouble getting out to uh, Redcliffe for the last Raw game. Yeah. Well, the last Raw competitive game out there anyway, so maybe that'll be the yes. same situation. The Raw yes. don't do too good in Redcliffe, so maybe they should reconsider playing there. Well, it's not at AJ Kelly Park, so... <laughs> they lose at yeah. Dolphin as well in the men, so... Yeah. Well, the men, I don't think that matters much, men. Angela. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's not Melbourne City at Dolphin Stadium, so that's that is true. actually a step. So, what do you make of the decision to split these games up? I've always not been a really big fan of like splitting games up between a couple of venues. I always believe having a stable home venue is the best option. You can kind of build a fortress there. Yep. And while Suncorp Stadium might not be that option, you really need a place where you can build that fortress, make pe- make teams feared of coming to that venue. And having three different ones doesn't really feel the same, but I guess you got to do what you got to do. And yeah. that's the way it happens. Unfortunately, that is <coughs> the downside of working in Australia, where you've got to work around ground availability. But well, I don't mind the venues that they've picked. Like we've seen Lions, we've seen Dolphin Stadium, and we've seen Suncorp Stadium. They all work. So oh, the venues are fine. Angela's point's a good one. A home base where you play and you know the ground is an advantage for you is a huge thing. I think the Raw, the women's team, finally got that at Suncorp last year. Instead of the odd game here and there, it became their home. Now it's what two games there this year. It's a bit of a shame, but whatever they have to, I think they have to pick a venue and just stick with it. It's whatever venue you want, just pick one venue and make that your home. One thing I, I still want to see them try, obviously it's not going to be an option this year, but I think someone brought it up to us uh, last year about how if the Raw A-League side have a Saturday 4.35 game in the A-League, why not try and run a W-League match at 7pm? Because if you're already in Suncorp Stadium, like it's just essentially a reverse doubleheader. I think, I think we did a poll on that, and I don't think it was that popular for some reason. I think... Um... For some reason, they want the women before the men, and uh, people aren't willing to stick around for, I guess, the lesser game, as, as they would put it. Oh, I, I, I would be fine with it, but um, yeah, it seems though 
there's a difference between popular opinion and that. Which I'm just that would be more entertaining last year if they put the women's game second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were the better games to watch, oh, yeah. let's be honest. I'm yeah. guessing it comes down to the broadcasting schedule as well and the broadcasting details. They don't want to put the men on an afternoon game sometimes because that's reserved for the Wellington Phoenix game on a Saturday. So that's one of the other reasons. Newcastle Jets trialed this out as well. and Yeah, that's actually I think where I got the option. idea from. Yeah. I think Perth did it once as well, didn't Perth they? Perth have done yeah. it too, yeah. yeah. And Perth, some people don't stay around and that's... But the, that happens. But the important thing in segueing from that is that every game is live somehow on... Somehow. Somehow, either Still on stream or TV, <laughs> you know, for the W League this season, which is unprecedented. the My Football app, which yep. works quite well. Optus should maybe borrow that technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, either way, like, that's, that is a big, exciting development coming up for Season 10, I believe. Season 11. 11? Okay, I can't yep. count. <laughs> <laughs> Did you way. miss the big Season 10 celebrations last year? Yeah, I really did. <laughs> well, and also, I'm just having, just quietly, I'm having a quick look on the W League website. It does have, still have the Celebrating 10 Years banner up top. <laughs> oh, coming, they are coming up to the 10th anniversary of the first ever W League game on October 25th. Very so, exciting times. That, that is a very important date for several reasons, mostly yeah. to do with me, but that's a good story. <laughs> Don't be selfish. Also very exciting looking at the old photos of players. <laughs> that's been quite a joy putting together. I'm, I'm sure certain players like uh, Polkinghorn and Tamika Butt would love to see some of their original season <laughs> photos. I don't think they've changed that much. <laughs> They're going to appreciate yeah. what I've put together. Oh. <laughs> so if you're wondering, follow the women's game on Twitter for the eventual reactions to that, which I'm sure will be all... <laughs> All wonderful. <laughs> All right. So, uh, may as well get into a bit of conversation about the how we think the season's going to unfold. Oh so, but instead of doing the ladder prediction, because it's tired and we did that in the A-League thing and I don't think that's going to end up too well for any of us, let's just start with where do we think the Roar are going to finish? So, Scott, we're going to lead off with you. Oh, great. Thank you. No, I've, I've got them in the top two still. I yeah. still think they've got a stable roster. It's improved on last season. I think they're a stable team. I think it's a good team. I think the shortcomings they have... A potential lack of goals. I think they've got enough options to cover that. I think they'll be in the top two again this year and a strong contender to win, list some silverware again. I have them finishing second on, on, my, on my ladder. I think they're an improved side. I think, and I think, yeah, like I said, I, I can't see any reason other than uh, injury or just inexplicable form, poor form or a real surprise packet from somewhere else. While they can't finish in the top two, home semi final, then go from there. I had them finishing in top three because I haven't finished my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better keep your. They're kind of just like all over the place. But yeah, I haven't finished in top four yep. just based on the previous season and what they've brought into the side this season. I'm going to follow the lead of Scott now. I'm going to have them finishing second. I think that this is a squad that's improved, at least on paper, with the off-season acquisitions. I do think that there are a couple of other sides that have improved around the league as well. Now, while all of these moves probably won't work out the way that we'd like them to for the Raw. I do have faith that Melandretta is going to find a way around a lot of those issues and find a way to make it work, simply. Mm-hmm. I think right. there's a clear top three as well with Sydney, Raw and Melbourne City and then fourth could go any number of ways. Yep. Just pick one. Pick one. <laughs> make a case of one <laughs> and stick with it and you'll probably be wrong. But but that could also be the important thing. Like If, that, if the season doesn't unfold that way with the clear top three, finishing first could be a huge advantage yep. then because then you avoid essentially the other big club in the semi-final. That's always an advantage finishing first, um, as Sydney proved it to make it to the grand final. But then again, they didn't, didn't always go the plan. Didn't help the Yeah, no. exactly. So I think it's safe to say there's no hard and fast rule. 
Alright, uh, so we're going to talk about some of the awards. So, who are we expecting to be the Raw's Player of the Year? Obviously, the uh, leader would probably be Claire Polkinghorn. Yeah, how <laughs> <laughs> we all just stop yeah, like, thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> Hang on, do I need to do thinking music? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. I think um, I think Celeste Ray might uh, go back to back. Son I, of a... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, the, look, I, I think, you know, again, that, that link as that defensive midfielder, you know, I think that's going to be... Yeah, you know, substantial as far as yeah you know, the chances for the rule. So yeah, I think you could go back to back. It is actually the it is one of the rules that I do actually subscribe to in football. You need a good number six if you're mm. going to have a successful team, yeah. and she will be is, that for the rule. Is that because you played number six? No, actually, I was a winger, <laughs> not a very quick one, <laughs> very quick one, or a very skilled one actually, <laughs> or fit, or just good. I anyway, think, <laughs> I think Carson Pickett. Um, we saw what she could do last season, and. I think she was one of the most invaluable members of the side. I think a lot of people like picked it out that much. It was only when she got to the end of the season, like, oh, just how good she is. I don't think she, she's the one for us that it's going to be prove the difference between everyone else. Sorry, Claire. <laughs> Sticking with the visa player. So again, sorry, Claire. I'll go Yuki Nagasato. I'm looking forward to seeing her play as a highly credentialed player. I think could add a lot to this side. I'm looking forward to that. I think she might be the Raw's best. <laughs> well, I thought I'd really be going out on a limb by... Uh, selecting Brio, but it appears as though Adam and I, you know, great minds think alike, so it works for me. Alright, uh, league-wide, who... Oh, no, actually, hang on, we've got a few more to go. Uh, top goal scorer, you'd have to say it would basically be your selection, Scott. I would think it might be Ubagagu, top goal scorer. I yeah? think she might just edge out Nagasato on, on goals, but yeah, it'd be close. Adam? Oh, I think uh, Nagasato for me. I was going to say Lira if she's playing the nine position. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to go Nagasato. I just gut feeling, and at the moment it's carrying a bit more weight than it probably should. <laughs> All right, uh, and then most improved player. So I'm guessing when you put this in, Scott, you're kind of thinking one of the younger players. I was think, my... Yeah, I was thinking between two for me. Um, Alira Toby taking a big step forward or Abby Lloyd. I think one of them, one of those two will be the answer. There we go. Any objections? No. No, I think no, I think Alira Toby. All right. And we're going to go league-wide now. So the Julie Dolan medalist, I was able to work out that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so who are we expecting for that league, league-wide? league Is it anyone whose name rhymes with ham fur? Not for me, it's not. not <laughs> no, I'm going elsewhere, but... Oh, you want me to go for I, Yeah, I, yeah. Go I, I'll go for a returning player from Europe, Elise Kellen Knight. Tremendous player in midfield for the Matildas. I think she could have a big year. It's always not. It's always the players you don't expect. I don't think anyone really. Twelve months ago, we wouldn't have picked Claire Polkinghorn for Player of the Year. So I'll I go for someone. Yeah. But that's because I'm, I'm me. <laughs> yeah. I'll just go for an out out, out of the box suggest. Like I I did pick Claire last year. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I, no, I remember. So if I can be bothered, I'll go. No, back no, no, I was on the preview last year. I was, I, was, I was in uh, New Caledonia. That's right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway but I it wasn't on the preview. It doesn't exist, Adam. Okay, sorry. fair enough. Uh, but I think, yeah, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but uh, I tend to think the Sam Kerr. I think she's the marquee. She yeah. has something to prove. And, yeah, I think she was a Julie, Julie Dolan medal. Are you saying Foxtel sponsoring the Julie Dolan medal? I, I'm, just, I'm just saying with that reputation, Sam Kerr's probably got, you know, a head head start on the polling just because of the fact that she's probably the most recognisable face in women's football right now. Um, while everyone's been talking, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Do you need to keep stalling hard. for a little bit? Or? No, no, I've got it now. I think and I think Alana Kennedy. I think it's the big year for her. I think um, people have said she's one of the best central defenders and lots of people are talking on. I think she, if she really steps up with Sydney, I think she's got it. And defenders don't often win awards and defenders deserve to win awards. They win and lose games for us. <laughs> 
that depending on your pick, James, it, it's good to see that you know, we've all picked you know, Matildas, that, you know, the, the W yep. League, while we have a bevy <laughs> of <that>. international <laughs> players, um, I think we think that you know, the Matildas players league should be the best in the league. Well, if they are, that's a very good sign heading into France. But that's a story for another day. I think we're about done for our W League preview. What do you guys say? Can't think of anything else to add. Excellent. Good, because there's nothing on the run sheet either. So (laughs) so I think we're going to wrap it up with that. Uh, Angela, thank you very much for coming on board today. Thank you you guys for having me. What happened to my voice? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I think I've... I've lost count of the number of times you've uh, been on the show now. Me too. I, it's, it's, I'm spacing at the moment. <laughs> and, and, and I will just say, after your last appearance, oh, last appearance that uh, you were on with me, well done for making it through the show without swearing. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so close. So, so close. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah. Still time. I'll be clean this year. I'll try my best. Yeah. The badge of honour. That's right. Yeah, so uh, check out your work on the women's game and... Yeah, get ready for what should be an exciting season. Scott, Adam, thank you. Yeah, See you again, James. Yeah. Adam, Angel. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, Bye. yeah, we'll get ready for an exciting season of football coming up. This is Brisbane Football Review. We'll talk to you later.